Hello and welcome to another edition of The Rock Show. This is what, episode 12, 11? I think it's 12. 12, episode 12, and today we are talking Motorhead. Yep, Motorhead, Lemmy, uh, one of the coolest guys to ever walk this earth, in my opinion. Uh, he's been gone now f- almost four years. Unbelievable. Four years, wow. Yeah, yeah. So this week and next week we're going to talk about Motorhead and, and, and Lemmy in particular. And uh, a little background, he was born Ian Fraser Kilmister, December 24th, 1945, in an area of England called Stoke-on-Trent. Okay, he was raised by his mom. Uh, his dad was an army uh, soldier, came back from the war, only stayed around a couple of years and left. So he was raised mostly by his mom and his aunts and grandmother and stuff like that. Um, eventually his mom remarried. She married actually a famous uh, soccer player named George Willis and um, uh, unfortunately Lemmy Ian at that point uh, didn't get along with that family too good that's uh, just didn't work out so he kind of got into music um, he was very into like early rockabilly Buddy Holly uh, Little Richard specifically Elvis um, all the 50s guys and um, just was really turned on to it spent a lot of time listening to music and one day he uh, noticed a guy in his school that was playing guitar and he noticed there was about 10 girls sitting around the guy and it just occurred to him like this is a way to get girls so combine that with uh, catching the early Beatles at the Cavern Club which is what he did he taught himself how to play guitar. And, uh, you know, this is kind of like, a, you know, it's a typical uh, beginning of a, of a rock and roll career. You know, you got like the, the bad family situation, yeah. getting into music, and obviously realizing that, that girls are a lot of fun. And, you know, it's all a perfect mix. So, um, he, in high school, he played in a couple of, you know, little bands and stuff like that. Uh, like I said, he caught the early Beatles at the Cavern Club. And when he taught himself to play guitar, it was the Please Please Me album that he learned how to play. That's what yeah. taught him how to play guitar. All right, sounds good so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in a band called the Rainmakers, a band called the Motown Sect, and eventually ended up in a band, play, band called the Rockin' Vickers playing guitar. Now, he wasn't a bass player yet at this point. I'll get to that after. But, uh, he, so he started point, with the guitar? With the so guitar. With the guitar. Yeah, but right. over here, when I looked up, when I looked him up, and again, if I say he's a bass player, singer, and songwriter. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he did it all. You want to hear something? What do um, Frank Sinatra and Lemmy got in common? No, I don't know. What is it? Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke. Yeah, okay. Good point. Good the, point. the original Lemmy was a Frank. He said, let me get a Frank, and it was a Jack and Coke. Okay, okay. So, yeah, we know Sinatra drank Jack yeah. and Coke. I never put that connection together. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so he's, he joined a band called the Rockin' Vickers, and they were fairly successful. Uh, they were based out of Manchester. He had moved over there. And um, they had signed a three-record deal with CBS. So I don't, I don't mean albums. I mean singles, three singles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in those days, singles, 45s, were very popular. Yeah. You didn't always get a record deal, but you got a singles deal. Now, the interesting thing about the Rock and Vickers is they're the first band from the UK to actually play communist Yugoslavia. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. So they went over there and they played. They had a successful tour. 
and they lasted for a couple of years, um, not actually till 1967. And at that point, Lemmy moved to London, and he hooked up with Noel Redding, who was the bass player to Jimi Hendrix's band. And um, you know what I, I wanted to mention as a side note? Remember we were talking about Susie Quattro last mm-hmm. week and how uh, she kind of went to England to get discovered? We should have mentioned Hendrix because that's actually what happened with him too. Right? He was an American guy and he went to England to get started and came back in. It was huge, but similar kind of thing. But we could always do a Hendrix show later on. Sure, sure. We'll, we'll definitely get to that. One. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so he was friends with Noel Redding, the bass player, Jimmy Hendrix Experience. And they were roommates, actually. And at the time, uh, Hendrix needed a roadie. So they hired Lemmy. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Now, I got to mention, you know, people always wonder, how did Lemmy get his name? Uh, his name was Ian. How did it get to be Lemmy? Well, it was from him always asking for money, like, let me fight hours. And he, to his dying day, he says he doesn't remember, but there were people around him that said, yeah, he's always bum so money off people. Let me this, let me that. Let me, right, right. Let, me, let me some money. Let me. <laughs> yep, yep. So he was working as a roadie for Hendrix. Um, now, a roadie for Hendrix obviously had to be a tough job, but uh, one thing that he was assigned to do was to score acid for Jimmy. Okay, so he spent a lot of time doing that. He would get, you know, because Hendrix was known for taking, you know, tw- tw- 20 hits of acid before he went on stage, you know. And let me have some good stories with that, doing acid with Hendrix. That, that had to be insane. Um, 1968, he uh, joined a, uh, a psychedelic band called Sam Gopal. He was using the name Ian Willis at the time. And uh, they actually recorded an album called Escalator. Um, I don't know much about Sam Gopal. They, they weren't that popular. Um, but uh, there is some interesting stuff on YouTube if you want to check it out. Like Lemmy was actually you know, playing and singing a little bit as well. Um, by August of 71, uh, this is when people really got a, a, uh, a good glimpse of Lemmy. He joined up with a band called Hawkwind. Uh, Hawkwind was like a space rock progressive band uh, basically based around progressive rock music and taking a lot of acid and um, he joined as the bass player now they didn't need a bass player at first he was going to join as the guitar player but um, during the audition the uh, the bass player didn't show up so he ended up just doing his parts and they took him on as bass oh shit yeah now I gotta mention Lemmy's Lemmy played the bass like he played a guitar and it just created a unique sound the way he played he didn't play with his fingers he played with downstrokes like you would a guitar so if you could picture like almost like a Johnny Ramone style guitar a little slower but not much uh, you know just switched over to the bass that's how he got that unique sound all downstrokes so he brought a lot to Hawkwind. Uh, he recorded uh, uh, their, their biggest hit. Uh, he actually sang on called Silver Machine. And uh, he actually wrote a song called Motorhead for Hawkwind. Now, he lasted a couple of years in Hawkwind. Yeah, I got some bands here. They all, when you look them up, they say um, Hawkwind, the Headcats. Well, the Headcats came much later. That was uh, in the 90s. Girls Cool. And then Head Girl and, well, Pink, girl, right. and Pink, Flair, Pink Fairies. Well, the Pink Fairies, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but Girl School and Head Girl. Girl School was uh, 
a great uh, all-female uh, rock band, okay. and we'll definitely talk to them. We'll talk about them when we do our girl series again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were a great band in the '80s, uh, late '70s, early '80s, and Motorhead became friends with them, and they toured together a lot. And they did a single together on one song, um, and they called it. The, yeah, right? they called the, the the band Head Girl combination, Head Girl. Okay. combination of <laughs> Girl, Girl School and, and Motorhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Lemmy was in Motorhead. I mean, I'm sorry, Lemmy was in uh, Hawkwind. And uh, 1975, he gets busted on the American Canadian border, a little town called Windsor. Uh, he gets busted with a ton of speed on him. Now that was Lemmy's thing. Lemmy, Lemmy likes speed. Okay. His whole life, and uh, never stopped doing it to the day he died. Yeah. And um, he got busted with a whole bunch of amphetamines and everything, and, and, and I guess some kind of crystal meth. Um, they let him go, believe it or not. And um, they let him go, but Hawkwind fired him. Okay. And supposedly they actually left him like in the lurch, like stranded. You know, he couldn't get home, oh, and, and they fired him. So. He was done with them, uh, and you know it was a him being in Hawkwind was always kind of like an interesting combination because his style and his vocal style and his the way he played didn't really mesh with them. I mean, it did somewhat musically. I mean, he had their biggest hit, Silver Machine, and the song Motorhead, which would be recorded later by Motorhead itself. It, it's it's probably their two best songs, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, people, you know, there's a lot of people that loved Hawkwind. I'm kind of like, I like the Lemmy stuff, yeah. Hawkwind, you know? Um, Lemmy, another thing that, the other tip on Lemmy, he was also a huge wrestling fan. He was, he was. a total mark yeah. for wrestling, yeah. yep. which was like, yep. Yep. this guy's such a rocker, but he loved, he loved the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was, he, he was, uh, he had that song, The Game. The Game, okay, yeah. Okay, Motorhead recorded. Uh, what year was that? Like, early 2000s? Oh, man, yeah, like 2000. Didn't like, they win a like, Grammy for that? They won some kind they of won award for But um, they definitely recorded that And Triple H took it Because he was yeah. calling himself the game And right. they had him in a few WrestleMania right. Do it live right. 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 It was a nice payday That's a funny story I tell you about him Hanging out with a few other wrestlers Definitely, they were definitely, definitely We'll and, get into that And, and the Levy thing came out and He ran out of all money And he called it Bruce Pritchard he left me like two, three hundred dollars, and the guy goes, "What? What do you mean your mother? What do you mean you need two, three hundred dollars?" And it was probably to get some shit. What the fuck? Oh, that's his name, Lemmy. Yeah, hey, would you lend me some money? So that it makes sense now. I didn't yeah. get that until you told, told me that's that today. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> so uh, he gets thrown out of Hawkwind, but he's not going to rest on his laurels for too long. And and they left him stranded. Well, they left him stranded. I think in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, get get back to the UK somehow. I, you know, he was he was pissed off about that. Um, so he goes. Uh, he wants to start a new band. So he ends up putting a band together with uh, Larry Wallace from the Pink Fairies. Okay, Larry Wallace and yeah. Lucas Fox was on drums. Larry Wallace on guitar, and Lemmy singing. And he called the band Bastard. 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 Yeah, I think I heard. Now that. you know. With a name like that, you're guaranteed to have no regular play at all. No. Okay? It's almost like Nashville Pussy. Yeah. Okay, today. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know? If you're called Nashville Pussy, you're not getting on the radio. So, uh, he ends up changing the band name to Motorhead. 
and which was a smart move. And you know, you had the, the it, it was the last song he wrote with Hawkwind, uh, and it's also a reference to speed. Yeah. That was a slang word for people on speed. You're a motorhead. So okay. mostly motorhead was like a powerful. Uh, there were a trio, pretty much like a trio. Not at all times, but they started but out that way. It's a trio. Like yeah. you had the guitarist, the bass, and a drummer, yeah. which is pretty much like you know, boom. Let's yeah, let's yeah, jam. yeah. You, you, you don't need much more than that when it comes to what they're doing. I mean, it was such a powerful sound for three guys. Now, like I said, it was it was it was Larry Wallace, Lucas Fox, and Lemmy, and. That, that lineup changes. It would change. Then you get a guy named uh, Phil uh, Filthy Animal yep. Taylor. Yep. And you got Fats Eddie Clark on guitar, and that's yep. like later on in in their life. Well, that was no, it was early on. Okay, because that original lineup I just mentioned didn't last. Okay. All right. Um, Wallace and Fox got replaced by Fast Eddie Clark on guitar and yeah. Filthy Animal Phil Taylor, Taylor on yeah. drums. Okay, and that. Three piece is the traditional motorhead lineup, the original lineup, the classic lineup. Okay, um, they got signed by United Artists. Take care, Mario. Good seeing you, man. Take care. Okay. Um, so they got signed by United Artists, and they put them in the studio, and they recorded an album called On Parole. All right. Now, this is where they get screwed over. Uh, United Artists, when they heard the final. Uh, the final version of the album they said we're not putting it out okay so Why? they shelved it oh shit they just didn't think it was it would sell they didn't think you know I think there was a lot of you know they didn't know what they had with Lemmy they were worried about his reputation you know they were hearing things uh, th this band was starting to play around at first they were not well received mm. okay in fact, they were voted like the worst band in the UK by New Musical Express. Oh my God. Okay, very early on. Uh, but that would change. That would change in a matter of, of a short time. Yeah, because they credit them for being the one that restarted the whole, that like they re-energized the whole uh, heavy metal in the late well, 70s they, they, they and uh, invented, They early invented 80s. that new wave British heavy yeah, metal. New, yeah, new bridge, British yeah. heavy metal. Yeah, I mean, you had bands like uh, um, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Judas Iron, Priest Maiden, like Iron Maiden, okay, uh, uh, Diamond Head, a, bun a bunch of other bands. A bunch of them. Too. And, and they, they were all in that genre, but... Motorhead couldn't really be placed in any genre. I don't really put them in a heavy metal or a punk rock category. They're kind of just Motorhead, you know? Um, December 76, uh, their album was shelved, and they ended up signing a, a one-single deal with Stiff Records, and they did a version of Leaving Here, which was like an old Motown song. And... Um, United Artists, when they heard about it, they actually sued and, and prevented it from coming out. Uh, it, it would come out, but it was basically blocked for a long time by, uh, by United Artists because they were still signed to them. So the band was struggling. And um, by April of 77, Fast Eddie Clark and, and, and Filthy Animal Taylor were homeless. Oh, yeah, I mean, they were like living in squats, uh, you know, and it was getting to be real desperate. They were going to leave the band. Um, they were talking about breaking up the band. They were going to do a, a kind of like a farewell gig. And that was supposed to be at the London Marquee and around April of 77. But a friend of Lemmy's uh, from Chiswick Records got in touch with him and said, look, 
why don't we record this farewell show that you're doing with Motorhead, okay? And Lemmy said, sure. Now, shortly after, before the show, uh, the guy said to him, I can't get the equipment down to the marquee to record the album, but I can get you some free studio time in Olympic Studios. So they said, okay. So they did this show at the marquee. It was supposed to be a farewell show. But what they did is they recorded 11 songs, which became a new album, okay, mm-hmm. on Chiswick Records. Um, it was just called uh, Motorhead. Came out in August of 77. And uh, they released the single, uh, the song, it was, it was basically named from the song Motorhead, because they did, they covered that, the, the Hawkwind song. And they released that as a single as well. Now they started getting noticed on Chiswick Records. Um, people were coming to see them. Uh, Bronze Records was interested in them. And they actually recorded a version of Louie Louie in July of 78 that came out. Now, it started to get noticed and they ended up being on top of the Pops. And they played Louie Louie. And they actually toured behind this single release. It's kind of odd. It wasn't an album, it was a single release. Because over here, what I got, they released 22 studio albums, oh, yeah. 10 live albums, mm-hmm. 12 uh, complimentary that they did with other people, 12, yep. and 5 LP. And probably about 10 other things that yeah. are accredited. Yeah, uh, you know, let, 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 let me, you know, Lemmy was prolific his whole career. Guy didn't stop. Okay, maybe it was all the speed he did. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> he had a lot of energy. A lot of energy. Uh, especially in the later years. I mean, some people kind of dismiss the later years of Motorhead. Yeah. Motorhead is one of these, first of all, I'm, I'm a gigantic Motorhead fan. All right. I've, I've been that way since I'm like 13, 14 years old. I followed them, you know, through their whole career, the later years, when a lot of people were kind of saying, ah, oh, these albums aren't as good. I, I like a lot of the later period stuff too. They, to me, they're one of only probably a half dozen bands that I feel never put out a bad album. You know that um, Motorhead is considered in the um, Rolling Stone magazine uh, the top 100 greatest uh, rock band? Of course. They're like number 26. I'd put them higher, but yeah. Yeah, but they're like number, but the other bands are it's like, oh yeah, I can see why. But yeah, it, it makes sense why that they'll be there, but they're definitely one of the top 25 yeah. uh, metal bands and, in America. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, in the UK and it America. Wasn't just, it wasn't just because of longevity, they lasted a lot of years. They put out quality music they and they toured like 40 constantly. Years? 40 years they lasted. <laughs> oh, exactly 40 years, yeah. yeah. From 75 to 2015. Yeah. The only reason they ended is Lemmy died. Lemmy died, yeah. You know, I mean, otherwise they'd still be here. Um, okay, so uh, they're touring behind Louie Louie and uh, they're starting to get more popular. Louis Louis actually got to number 68 on the, on the charts. And uh, Bronze extended their record deal. Okay, They put out Louis Louis, now they're gonna decide to put out an album. And they record a second album called Overkill. Overkill, yeah, that's okay. That came out in March of 79. It was produced by Jimmy Miller, which was a big deal to get him. The guy had a great, great catalog of music uh, that he produced, including the Stones. Okay, so it was a coup to kind of get him as a producer. Uh, that album would go to number 24 on the album charts. Uh, and that was in March of 79, but they weren't done yet. They were gonna put out another album, okay? Which was that Which, one, that Bomber? Bomber, okay? Yeah, now, that was a huge album, huge album. 
And what's very uh, memorable about that album is the tour that they used, the, the, the tour they backed that album with. Uh, they used a, uh, a bomber, sh you know, airplane-shaped lighting rig. Okay. Shit. And what it would do is it would, it would come down from the ceiling. You'd see it get lowered down. And it would kind of tilt to either side like a plane, like a wingspan plane. Yeah. And it had lights on it and it would spin and, you know, it looked like propellers. Oh, that looks okay. Yeah. And Lemmy said he was always scared the fucking thing was going to land on the fucking stage. He'll fall down on the stage. But a lot of people that... I, I, I've, I was too young to see them on that tour, but, but uh, I know people that did. They said that that was an amazing show. Yeah. You know? Um... But they had very good success in the uh, UK Top 40. They were one of the bands that was always up there at in that the UK point, Top 40. At that point in 79, they hadn't really broken in the States yet. Okay? Now, I got to mention, too. Now, all this time period up to 79, between 75 and 79, you have the UK punk scene. Okay? And the punks embraced Motorhead. Uh, a lot of them were former Hawkwind fans. Okay, and they loved Lemmy, and Lemmy hung out with these guys. I mean, he hung out with the Sex Pistols, he hung out with the Dan, he hung out with the Clash, he hung out with all those guys, and they all respected each other. Um, the thing with Motorhead, they were kind of like, you know, an entity on their own. You couldn't put them in any category, all right, which I, I love bands like that. Okay, I've always been attracted to bands that, uh, and people with distinctive vocal styles, distinctive playing styles, music styles. Uh, I always feel that, that that transcends any genre, okay? And Motorhead was a bridge between punk and metal. Yeah, okay? definitely. I mean, the punks loved them, and, but they weren't really punk. I mean, they had long hair. They, you know, they weren't they, punk, but they also had that sound that wasn't, they didn't just speed metal. They did they did very, like, just classic fucking heavy metal, good, um, yeah. loud, You know, kind of almost like, a, you know, definitely derivative. I mean, Sabbath would be an influence somewhat, Sabbath, but, yeah, yeah, but they played yeah. faster than Sabbath. Yeah, definitely you know? they did. I mean, if you ask Lemmy, to his dying day, and he would say, all we do is play Buddy Holly and Little Richard. <laughs> and, and you know what? When you break it down to like a common denominator and listen to the music closer, you hear that. Yeah, because that was the influence. That, that was his influence. I mean, you know, basically we're all in, all these guys, you're influenced by everything you've heard up until you're about 25. And then after that, it's like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Okay, but... I mean, if you see the Lemmy documentary, which came out in 2010, have you ever seen that movie? No, I never seen that. I got to check it you out. You should sit, sit down and see that movie. It's a great movie. Talk you know about what? talk about lumped up. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I see it before um, before next week's show. I'm gonna talk a little bit about the documentary. If you need me, if if you can't get it for free, I'll lend you the DVD. I could probably find it somewhere. Yeah, in the, it might somewhere be on YouTube. The, somewhere in the interweb, I can yeah, find yeah, it. Yeah, you'll find it. You got your ways. So um, I got a funny story. So you met my friend Charlie Kelly for New Orleans. So he, yes. he, he, he used to live here. Yeah, nice and, guy. And he knew the bouncer in Roseanne. So he went to the show. Yeah. This bouncer is like a hoodlum, doesn't know who the hell Lemmy is. And, oh, and Charlie Kelly walk in. And he goes, he goes to the guy, Jason. Let this guy in. Why? He wouldn't let Lemmy in? Because he, he didn't know who he was. He had no clue who he oh, was. Man. And he goes, 
That's what I mean. From Motorhead and Charlie Kelly got him in. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. So Charlie Kelly. How do you not know Lemmy? Charlie oh Kelly got him in. Because oh. this, this guy's like a guy who lived in hard. He yeah. doesn't know rock and roll. They yeah. probably used to. Some and, British guy, ugly uh, British guy British talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> You know who I, and, and Lem, you know, Lemmy was a humble guy. He's yeah. never gonna be like, you know who I am. No, you know, he never like, did that. He no. never did nah, that. Nah, but nah, nah, nah. it was it was Charlie Cuddy that walks up to the. You know who that is? Yeah. That's Lemmy from Motorhead. This guy's a. That, that's guy's. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no ticket, nothing. Just let him right in. Let me he tell you, like, let me. He's like let me, with two other guys, and they went to see some band in Rosewood. I thought that was so funny. Yeah, you know, Lemmy was one of these guys that was humble. He never throw his fame around and be like, you know who I am, and try to get shit. You know, but but I'm sure. I mean, probably in a bar he probably never paid for a drink but that's oh, okay yeah. you know he deserves it it's Lemmy I gotta tell you my Lemmy story I'd say before we do that we should take like two shots of Jack Daniels oh. like in memory of Lemmy and I'll break it out little, you know break it's a little bit give, of give, uh, it is a lumped up uh, I'll give you okay. hang on folks we're doing we're doing our, our getting lumped up priorities here as he pours me a shot of Jack Daniels for Lemmy. Very appropriate. And also, today is Joey Ramon's birthday. Yeah. He would have been 68 years old today had he lived. Can you picture a 68-year-old Joey Ramon? Dude, you know, Lemmy died in, like, in December... 2015. 20, no, 28. 15, 2015. Oh, 20, yeah, but it was September 28, 2015. Right, right, right. To Lemmy, to Lemmy. cheers. Cheers. I worry about it sometimes. I worry about it sometimes. Oh, yeah. All right, thank you. That sweet jacket. Yeah. That was for you, Lemmy. Um, I want to tell you my Lemmy story. Yeah, Okay. I met Lemmy once, and I seen Motorhead about a dozen times. And only really got to talk to him once, okay? And it wasn't even at a Motorhead show, all right? It was uh, early of... Early... 1988, all right? We talk about Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone used to put on the shows, he would spotlight local bands, and he was putting on a show at the Ritz called Joey Ramone Presents the Circus of the Perverse, all right? And it was a bunch of local bands, but he also had, like, uh, <laughs> sword swallowers and people, people, like, driving nails into their tongues and stuff like crazy circus shit. You Motherfuckers. Know? Yeah, and uh, there was going to be this all-star lineup uh, Joey was gonna sing, yeah, Cheetah Chrome on guitar, yeah. Ronnie Spector was singing back up, and yet Lemmy on bass. Michael Monroe was there, Steve Bates was there. It was an all-star lineup. And I I have to say I was first online to get in. Okay? And I remember sitting on the fence waiting there for like two hours to get into the Ritz. Now I'm nineteen, I'm on the rage. I got my fake ID from Show World. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I get into the Ritz and I went right upstairs to the uh, the area where the there was that second floor kind of shaped like a horseshoe world tables and, yeah. and on the left side was where all the bands used to hang out in the back on the corner okay there was the dressing rooms back there and everything and I would kind of park myself near there and I'm standing there and uh, I noticed this waitress come by with a giant basin full of beer cans different beers not one just type it was like 20 different kinds of yeah. beers on ice and she's kind of just you know balancing it bringing it into the dressing room and I hear a this gravelly voice oh just put it outside you know and who walks out of the fucking dressing room but Lemmy 
okay? And he sits down at the first table right outside the dressing room with this basin full of beer in front of him. And I'm standing right there, you know, and my mouth is like half open, right? <laughs> and he looks up at me and he goes, hey, kid, how you doing? You want a beer? Now, I'm 19. I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink a beer with Lemmy. And he hands me, he goes, what do you like? You know, and I'm like, oh, whatever. He hands me a Carlsberg, right? Now, I never had a Carlsberg before at that point, you know? And I sit down with him and we start talking. And he was just the most down-to-earth guy. He asked me what I was listening to. I said, to be honest, I've been listening to your, your album Rock and Roll that just came out. And he goes, oh, thank you. He goes, I, I really like this one. And, you know, he goes, uh, we're going to have a big tour behind it and everything. And, you know, he was talking about Joey Ramon, what a great guy he was. And he was happy to be there that night. And uh, I'm sitting there for like 15, 20 minutes talking to him. I'm, I'm amazed. You know, it's Lenny. So that's my one Lemmy story. Everybody seems to have one. Uh, we'll probably next week deal with a few more. Everybody's got to give a story. I the only time I ever saw Mona there was doing a wrestling show. <laughs> they were live. And you never saw him live? Never saw him live. Oh, man. The loudest band you ever saw. Never, never saw him you know, I've, I've, I've been to hundreds of shows, and I've sat in front of the monitors at these shows. But one time in the early 2000s, uh, I actually got kind of stuck sitting in front of the monitor at the fucking BB Kings seeing Motorhead. I was deaf for two days. Damn. You know, and I'm not one of these pussies that wears earplugs at a fucking show. No, I don't do that. Okay, but I was literally ring. My ears were ringing for two days. Motorhead was the loudest band you ever heard. So, uh, Bomber came out. And it was a big hit, and they went on tour with a metal band called Saxon. And Saxon would be uh, uh, an important part of Motorhead history. We'll talk about that next week. Um, but they were due for a new album. And uh, between August and September in 1980, they recorded the Ace of Spades album. Ace of Spades, yeah. Now, say what you want about Motorhead. Uh, Ace of Spades is probably... The definitive Motorhead record. I think that's the most recognized. It's the most recognized, but uh, it, 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 you know, everyone knows the song. Uh, even yeah. even people that aren't Motorhead fans know the song. Yeah, so it's a legendary uh, song. If you're gonna get into Motorhead, if you're listening to the show today and you're not familiar, that is the album you get. You start there, okay? Yeah, I mean, start with a little overkill if I was gonna get out. Uh, I like that early, like, well, that you still, you still like yeah, the, you're still talking early. Nothing wrong with any of those yeah. albums, they're all great. The first couple albums are great, uh, but to me, the the, the, the album cover, they're, stand, they're standing what looks like the Arizona desert, it's not okay, yeah. but it, you know, it's like in England somewhere, and they're wearing these kind of like western outfits. I mean, that album cover mesmerized me when it came out. Um, but I wasn't sure about Motorhead when I first heard about them. Uh, I think I honestly thought they were a German band because they had those two dots over the O. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my, my first experience with Motorhead, uh, really hearing them and, and getting into them, was a, a show on uh, BBC called The Young Ones. 
the, uh, Do you remember the, the Young, young ones? ones? Yeah, that was okay. a very weird show. I love that show. There's only like about a dozen episodes, yeah. but I, I have them all. I still watch them sometimes. They're hilarious. Didn't they play them later on? They were on MTV for a while. MTV, yeah. but originally they were on yeah. Channel 13. Yeah. And, and MTV channel. picked them up and showed the repeats a few yeah. years later. But I was watching them, you know, when they came out. You know, in, in, in like 82, one. 83. Yeah, I remember those. There was an episode called University Challenge where they were all going to go on a game show, which was freaking hilarious. Because it was like, a, you know, there was like a punk guy, there was like a hippie guy, there was like a new wave guy, and they all just lived together in this house, and they were all filthy, disgusting. And, you know, so they, uh, they end up uh, going on this game show, and the whole thing is they're trying to get to the game show in time. And every week, that show would have a musical guest. And you'd see them playing live during one scene. Yeah. And I'm, I can still remember to this day, because it used to be on late at night, like 11, 12 o'clock at night on Channel 13. And during a scene when they're trying to get to the game show, Motorhead was on doing Ace of Spades. And I was like blown away. I was like, wait a minute, what is this band? Who are these guys? I mean, the sound was just something different. Uh, blown away. And ever since then, I've been a huge fan. That was about, I think, 82, 83, something like that. Um, but the Ace of Spades album would really break them open. Uh, when it came out in November of 1980, the single got to number 15, the single, the title track, Ace of Spades. And the album itself got to number four. So, you know, that was their most successful album at that point. You know? You ever listen to that whole album? Which one? The Ace, Ace of Spades? Spades? Yeah, that's, that's the one that will hook you. That's a yeah. good yeah, album I mean, from beginning got, to you end. You got your jailbait. The chase is better than the catch. Uh, they, they had done some promo videos for that album that everybody should check out. I mean, it's just classic uh, live stuff of Motorhead. Uh, actually, they it's not really live. It's like promo videos. But it's them like in a studio playing. And uh, that's out on YouTube. You could check that out. But... Um, if you're going to get into Motorhead, that, to me, would be the album you would start with. And then work your way back and, and then check out the newest. I mean, they're one of the only bands that really never put out a bad album. There were actually that Ace of Spades. I think that's the one that a lot of people really, that defined. And I think that actually did pretty good here in the States. You know, it didn't chart. It didn't chart, but, short, but, it, but it, 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 it People were starting to, to wake up to what was going yeah. on in England at that point. The punk scene was fizzling out a yeah. little bit. You had this, like, new wave of British heavy metal that they got on board of that. With yeah. that, and uh, but even with that, they weren't like those other bands. Oh no, they were totally they, you different. Know, I mean, you listen to Motorhead, you listen to Iron Maiden, or you listen to Judas Priest, it's, it's different. Yeah, it's very different. Maybe Judas Priest is somewhat similar, but Iron Maiden, no. But I never thought Judas Priest was that hard. A lot of people, I didn't think they were that hard. The, the, really the early stuff is not that yeah, heavy. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I, look, I, I'm not saying nothing about Priest. I like some of their early stuff, yeah. but I'm not a huge fan. Uh, but they got lumped into that genre, and that was something that was being noticed here in the States. Okay, uh, Some of these bands were coming over here, and they were having a lot of success. They would tour here, I yeah. believe, under the Ace of Spades album. Yeah. You know, And that's when guys like uh, Joe Ramone got interested in the band. I've seen Joey so many times wearing Motorhead shirts. You know, you think yeah. he was in Motorhead. You know, yeah, he always wore a motorhead shirt. So you know, let me give you a little stack here. As of 2016, 
Motorhead had sold 15 million albums worldwide. I believe it. That's a lot of fucking That's albums. That's a lot of fucking albums. But the other one, Susie, uh, which one? I think Susie Quantum, she said like 15 million albums. Yeah. What a fucking yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess she had a lot more money than Lenny. You know, I guess. I but think. yeah, you know, but 15 million albums. Yeah. 15 million albums, nothing to be shy about. No, no, you know? no. I mean, you know, that's a, a, a very prolific, profitable music career, influential. Everybody. And think that, about it, that means it was mostly in the UK, which means almost everybody in the UK owns like a Well, they didn't, you know, in the early, the early albums, uh, they didn't have the US backing they, they were imports yeah okay oh, and anytime you had anytime you had imports you'd have to pay a little bit more so only people that were kind of in the know about what was going on over there I were remember, buying these records yeah, i remember going to the record store seeing the import what, what are the english imports that you got and you the see motorhead. Say, see motorhead. Motorhead. you see yep. a bunch of head yeah you go to sam and, um, goody or something and yeah. you see the import section and yep. it was funny like blondie and some other bar they would do like special uk album that would have yeah. certain lp Right. That if you didn't buy the UK album, wasn't it was the American, it was, it was different. totally different. And yeah. it was like, they had a few better songs that they ever yeah. played here, which there I was like, be, holy There would shit. be a different track list. There might be one or two different songs that yeah. wasn't on the yeah. on, on the American release. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was like that. I'd buy both. Yeah. You know, I'd buy both. And uh, it was, those days were great. You know, yeah. I mean, just searching out music. It was so different than now where you... I don't know. It's almost too easy now, in a way. You know, everything. Oh, now funny. you don't search. Now they just put an album. It's and just it's on the internet. Every, everybody gets it. Yeah, yeah. You're getting the same album that's getting the UK. You're getting the same album here. There's no different. Now, album of the week. Okay, album of the week. I got to do Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. Without doubt, without question. Uh, song of the week. Ace of Spades. Song of the week. <laughs> album of the week. Song of the century. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, that's why I got my. Uh, I got my Ace of Spades tat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just like such an influential album. So really got to go with it. I got to ask you some questions. There were some yeah. other guys that were also in Motorhead, like Brian, uh, Phil, Robert Campbell. Robinson, Brian yeah, Robinson, Robinson, Phil, Phil Campbell, Campbell uh, Rosal, Rosal, uh, Peter Gill, and Mickey D. Mickey D was the drummer uh, yeah. for a lot of last probably twenty years of, of Motorhead's career. Because he's uh, pretty much because like the original guys, the original yeah, three guys I, I, are dead. I'll, I'll get well, yeah. Now right, the original yeah. three, right? Because yeah. right, Lemmy's gone. Uh, Filthy Animal on drums. He died about three weeks before Lemmy. Yeah. Back in twenty fifteen, and Fast Eddie Cloth died out of the blue. Uh, like about I think last year or the year before. Uh, I think he caught pneumonia and he died. I mean, yeah. You know, that was. You know that that came out of nowhere. So uh, they had some different lineups. Uh, we'll talk about this next week. Uh, the original lineup would fall apart by the Iron Fist album, which is the album after Ace of Spades. But I'm going to get into that a lot more next week. Uh, Rob, you want me to talk about some upcoming shows? Yeah, talk okay. about upcoming shows. All right. Well, tonight. Uh, over at Bauer Electric is the Joey Ramone birthday bash. Uh, it is sold out, as far as I know. Uh, but if you can get in, give it a shot. Uh, CJ Ramon is playing. Uh, sea Monster is playing, and I, I, I wish I could get, I, I can make it to this show tonight. I was trying to, to get there. I haven't seen Sea Monster in like years. They were a great live band. Uh, also, the Sick Fucks are playing. They're, they're freaking great. Um, on the 25th, which is next Saturday coming up, this Saturday coming up. 
Uh, you got the Waste Fest in Tompkins Square Park, which is a benefit for Kenny Waste from Urban Waste. He passed away. Uh, you got a band called Scum City caught in a trap. Uh, Urban Waste is playing. Full Scale Riot is playing. And the Undead, okay, one of my favorite bands. Um, on uh, May 31st, over in Brooklyn, in, in Hipster Bushwick, okay, we got, uh, there's a club called Elsewhere, and L7 uh, is playing on the 31st. Uh, they're also playing on the 1st, so it's like two nights they're doing that. That's a little club on Johnson Avenue. Okay. Uh, then also on the 31st of May, in Bushwick, uh, well, I guess that's Williamsburg? Yeah. Brooklyn Steel. Brooklyn okay? Steel is a nice right. venue. Yeah, yeah. Bikini Kill. Okay, so you got L7 and Bikini Kill in the same borough on the same day. On the same day, pain. Yeah. yeah. So, next week we're going to talk about uh, everything from Ace of Spades going forward. Iron to, Fist album yeah. to the end of the career. Uh, hopefully I'm going to have some guests next week, maybe one or two. Okay. Okay, tell some Motorhead stories. Uh, and, you know... Guys, you can contact me on Instagram. It's uh, rockamike212. Uh, if you got any questions or suggestions or, you know, you want to buy me a drink or whatever, just whatever. You know, let me know. Um, and also uh, on Twitter, I'm rockamike3. And just look under Michael Baker for Facebook. Facebook. And I see that you're putting on, uh, I see that you do uh, every day on your Twitter, which is pretty cool. And you do it on Facebook now, you put it like yeah. a song of the song day. Song of the day, and it's a different song. I don't yeah. do the same song on both. No, you do a okay. different song every day. And you get a little bit of everything. You get all kinds of rock music, uh, a little bit of reggae thrown in once in a while, uh, just because I like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're trying to get something going here, people. Yep. Um, and this was the first part of the uh, motorhead. I think he did a hell of a job. We also he also got the book, one of the books uh, that came yeah, out. What I, year did I, this book came out? Uh, I think it came out about 2010, something like that. Uh, yeah, approximately that. I think uh, it's a book called Motorhead: Live to Win by Alan Burridge. It's a coffee table book. Yeah, definitely. Okay, table. you know. Uh, Great pictures, big book, good good history about them, a lot of fantastic photos. Uh, get this book. Uh, it covers their basically almost the whole career. I mean, it came out a couple years before Lemmy died. But, uh, you know, if you're into uh, what I was talking about today, maybe you want to research it yourself, it's a great book. Also, uh, Lemmy wrote a book called... Um, White Line Fever about his life. Wow. And uh, I recommend that. Uh, fantastic book. Uh, they should make a movie one day about this. They might. You know what? You never know. You never know. So, um, what else you got? You got a lot of information. We covered a lot today. Yeah, we did. We did. And we're going to cover a lot next week. Uh, Motorhead is 50 years of, uh, of, of information. 50 years of music. Uh, Lemmy was... Around forever, respected by so many people. He's missed every day. Yeah, I miss the guy. Uh, you know, it's kind of sad to be in a world without without Lemmy. It's funny, Tyler that works here. Sometimes he does his imitation of Lemmy when he cut the beer. He got no. that whole. He yeah, looks when, pretty much like. Yeah. Oh, when he cut, when he was yeah, clean shaven. Yeah, yeah, he looks yeah, a lot yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so people, the next couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to give a little this. We got Hendrix coming up. We got uh, revisiting the women of punk. 
Yeah, I was thinking when we do that, I'd like to talk about the slits. And uh, maybe, you know, I tell you what, why don't we do something where people can maybe give us some suggestions on that. Okay? I can put something on Facebook and see what people want to hear. Yeah, uh, one band I definitely want to cover is the slits. But if oh, you guys definitely. have any ideas about some, some, some great female bands, let me know. Yep, definitely. I can put up, just give me a list of band and I'll put it up at a, as a, um, so people can vote. Yeah. You can vote on. Like a poll? Like a poll. Yeah. I can do that. You can even do that on your Instagram. You can, no, you can, Instagram. you can do it on Facebook. You yeah. can also do it on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah, I don't want to cover Patty Smith as well. Uh, I think she's very important for us to get into. Um, I can tell I'm not a Patty Smith, but we got to talk about that. Well, you know what? You know what? I, well, <laughs> yeah, I agree. You got to give her have, respect. You have to give it a respect. Yeah, Absolutely. So we'll definitely talk about her one day. Um, so people, remember the old saying, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get, get lumped up. up. See you next week. Take care.